Dub Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Left side, but it's a three. In and out, rebound, out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. And Gary St. Good evening, everyone here on Warriors Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean. The Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. And the Warriors 2022-23 season is looking up after this recent three-game win streak. A monster win over the Portland Trailblazers last night. A game, Gary, that saw a 42-point swing in this one from minus 23 to plus 19. And if you ever needed a reminder that an NBA game is never over in the second quarter and the Warriors found themselves down 23 points, last night was a good reminder. Well, Kev, you know, in the NBA with the three ball so prevalent now uh, and you're at home, you don't put your chin down and say, oh, gosh, we're all done. You kept battling. And, you know, I, I thought the first half, you know, you're kind of a little lethargic. But, my gosh, I got fired up watching that second half, just the effort. And it was led by Clay, one for 11 or whatever first half. And he winds up, I don't know, plus whatever. And you know what? That's believing in yourself. And he that's vintage Clay Thompson. And then a whole lot of guys came along for the ride, and it, it was a great effort. And I'm going to just sing praise of the coaches going to that box and one. It's gonna you're going to look back and say this was a really special win. I think it's going to propel them. They got a tough game tomorrow against the Clippers, and uh, but boy, this race. I mean, last week you and I are talking, and everyone's kind of a little despondent, saying, "Oh gosh, we're a play-in team." Holy moly, this team, they might have home court in the first round. You better watch out. Yeah, they are not that far off the pace. The Suns are number four in the West at 33-29. and 29. Golden State is a game back, though. Phoenix is looking like they're going to get to 34-29. and 29. They are up 11 on Charlotte, and Kevin Durant's return. He had 23 points on 14 shots and 24 minutes. Just a spectacular return for the former Golden State Warrior two-time finals MVP. But it looks like they'll be a game and a half up on Golden State. Let's start with the defense uh, last night. And, and Sterling, if you got this, wanted to play a soundbite from Steve Kerr, asked after the game about how the team executed its defense on Damian Lillard, which was the key to this game. And then, Gary, we'll get your uh, take uh, on what Steve said after the soundbite. We know all too well what Dame can do when he gets rolling. So that was the plan from the beginning. Like, let's just try to take him out. And the biggest thing was not fouling him. That's why I was losing my mind on those two foul calls early in the game. I didn't think we fouled him, but he was driving to the rim and drew two fouls, I think. And he shot 16 free throws last time we played them. And that was the difference. So tonight he had five early and he and we didn't foul him at all in the second half. So that was key. And we just you just make a decision. You're just going to make somebody else make a shot instead of him. And that's pretty much much as simple as it gets. Modest Steve Kerr. Uh, 
I told you I'm the president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer of his fan club. And, you know, he sat down with his staff and looked at 71 points and saying, how are we going to deal with him? He's coming back to Oakland. He's going to have his whole family and friends there. He's going to be fired up. And you let the game roll along, and the next thing you know, they throw out a box and one. Now, that's wonderful in today's age to say, as a coaching staff, we're going to go to a box and one. Well, they did it, and they, your, your thought process is to make somebody else beat you beside Dame Lillard. What is a box and one? You have two people at the elbows, which is the intersection of the free throw line and the, the lane line. And two people down on the boxes. So you formulate a box. And the box moves cohesively. Out and back and forth. East east and west. And here's the key. They said, hey, Sharp, all you other guys, you can fire them up uh, and you play the percentages. And I thought, uh, to be honest with us, and probably nobody listening from up in Portland, they played into the Warriors' hands. Because Dame was kind of out on the perimeter, kind of standing. And... Against a box and one, you have to run your man-to-man offense, and you have to get him underneath the hoop coming off of screens where you can dislodge the guy who's on him. Credit to DiVincenzo, credit to Kaminga, and credit to the guys in the box. Everybody did a great job, and I, I just thought that was the key to the game. It really was, Gary, and there could have been a moment of hesitation. I think maybe it was Dante DiVincenzo who was talking about this after the game. You see Matisse Thibel hit like three-quarter threes in the first quarter, yeah. and there might be a tendency yeah. to be like, oh, this boxing one isn't working. Matisse Thibel is killing us. But you have to play the percentages, and you have to trust that those percentages will play themselves out, that there was no Anthony Simons out there for Portland, their number two score, that – these other guys who aren't used to shouldering the scoring load weren't going to be able to keep up that pace for 48 minutes. And yes, while Damian Lillard got off in the first quarter, 15 points, he only scored 10 points the rest of the way. And Draymond Green was also very key in this as well, getting him back, which was huge after missing the last couple of games with, with a knee issue. But for him to be able to to kind of re kind of set them in the locker room at halftime and, and MJ, kind of stick to the message that <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get Gary back up uh, once uh, once MJ gives him his glasses. But uh, just for him to really just kind of reset the message in the locker room at halftime that, hey, no matter if they come out and hit a couple of threes, some of their other guys hit some shots – we're going to stick to this because it started it started to pay dividends in the second quarter where they held them to 24 points and then just scoring 40 points in the second half. That defense was fantastic. And uh, just kind of game plan stick-to-itiveness, Gary, what was huge for the Warriors last night. You know what? Players are looking at the coaches and saying, Coach, he's made two in a row. Are we going to keep doing this? And on the bench as a coach, you're sitting there and you're sweating. And you're saying, hey, guys, you know, believe in what we're doing. Believe in the percentages. And, and you're looking at your guys and you get in a huddle during the timeouts. And, hey, guys, we got them right where we want them. They keep shooting these long shots with these non-shooters. They're going to play right into our hands. And lo and behold, it, it was like, you know, you wrote a perfect play. It, it, the script was, was just unbelievable. And they just looked bewildered. They, they, didn't, they just kept sinking as the game went on, 
and uh, you, you just look at the game and you, you say to yourself, this is big. I mean, it, it really is big because the, the guys, pretty soon, you're going to get Wiggins back and hopefully things are okay with his family. You're going to get Steph back and uh, eventually you might even get Peyton. So to win that game in that fashion, I, Kev, you, you called a lot of games. When you're when you're watching the game, you can feel the energy, can't you? You know, you just look at yeah. that effort. And I I just I got fired up because during an 82 game season, you're going to have games where it's kind of a lull and whatever. But boy oh boy, they just dug down and, they, and there had to be a message at halftime. I don't know who yeah. shared it. I I don't know who it was. Somebody's going to, you know, quietly take uh, the the bow, but the guys were it was, they were locked in. They were together. They were five guys on a rope holding on. And uh, it, it to me, it was one of the better halves of the whole year. And when you see a guy like DiVincenzo, you know, you brought this guy in to be, I don't know, Kev, what's fair to say? Seven, eight, nine on your rotation? Yeah, I'd say and seven, this man. Guy, yeah, and, and this guy has stepped up in a big, big-time fashion. To the point where you're sitting here saying, you know, we, we got our big three, and we've got Wiggins, and we'll talk about some more about Poole. But, you know, we, we know now DiVincenzo's a key rotation piece. The guy's a winner. He, he just yeah. stone cold is. And don't forget Looney. Uh, what is he, third in the league in rebounding? And the guy just does it night in and night out now. So all of a sudden... You got seven tight. You're 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 ready to go now. Whoever's going to be eight and Steve is a little out of norm during the playoffs. He might play nine or ten. There's a lot of coaches that only play eight during the playoffs. So I I just like the way they're going. Yes, after this homestand, it gets a little tough out there. But if they can just do an adequate job on the road and then really kick some fanny at home. Uh, they they can get into this five or six spot and not have to worry about this play-in stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's well said, Gary. And just a couple things to follow up on. Matisse Thibel was five of six from downtown. The rest of the team was seven of 33 for Portland, and that just absolutely crushed the Blazers' chances. And then with the respect to Dante DiVincenzo, Gary, you're talking about him just being on an absolute heater as of late. He's 56% from three over his last three games. That's 14 to 25, so not a super small sample size. He scored double figures in nine of his last 11. But I do think I do want to return to this before we head to a break, Gary, that Draymond Green's return, I mean, was able to kind of key this defensive comeback because, look, the two steals, the two blocks, but it, it's more than what you see in the box score. It's the quarterbacking of the defense that he does in addition to his near triple-double last night. Like Without Draymond's presence and, and calming assurance of, like, this is how we got to stick to the defensive game plan, I, I'm not sure that would have been possible last night for Golden State. Uh, you're, Kev, you're right on. And, and let me tell you about the box. He normally is the bottom left as you're, as you're defending the basket. Because most offenses attack to the right because players are predominantly right-handed. So he's back there, and uh, he's my John Williams, the orchestra leader. He, he's got the baton, <laughs> and he's telling everyone where to go. And he, he is the maestro up there. And uh, there's nobody better. Uh, we just got to 
say that, that you know what, when he's healthy and when he's right, that gives you a, a special ingredient to win. It really, really does, and he was huge last night. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Well, folks, celebrate Women's Empowerment Month on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center tomorrow, March 2nd, as Warriors host the L.A. Clippers, presented by Rakuten. All fans in attendance will receive a Women's Empowerment shirt. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. When we come back, we'll be taking your calls, 888-957-9570. We'll be talking about the Stephen Curry injury update provided today by Warriors PR. We'll take a look ahead and more coming up here on the other side of this break on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95-7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops and pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Catch the C-Dubs versus the Cleveland Charge at Chase Center on Saturday, March 4th for some Santa Cruz Warriors action. The first 10,000 fans will receive a Captain Clay bobblehead. Tickets are on sale now at warriors.com. And come up to the broadcast booth and say hi. I'll be there with Drew Schiller and Zena Keita on NBC Sports Bay Area. Should be a lot of fun to watch the Santa Cruz Warriors take on the Cleveland Charge, a couple of teams that are in the thick of the G League playoff race. But we're here talking Golden State basketball. Feel free to hit us up, 888-957-9570. And one more thing before we get into the Stephen Curry injury update that Warriors PR provided. I did want to get back, Gary, to Clay Thompson a little bit because you mentioned he him being a, a big key last night. And look, he got off to a really cold start. He was 1 for 11 at one point, but he finished 7 of his last 10. I think that's just another sign of him really getting back to the clay that we saw of old, 2019 pre-injury. I, I'm not sure, like, look, he's never going to lose confidence in his shot. I'm not sure he would have been able to have that kind of a bounce-back second half that he had, you know, last night. Earlier in the year, I'm not sure he would have been able to bounce back the way he did. And if it wasn't for his bounce back, look, it was his three that put Golden State ahead. And that was, I believe, his first three of the game because he had really struggled. And he ended up going six of 14 from downtown. Maybe he had hit a – no, he. I think it was his second three of the game. But, I mean, just his bounce back ability in the second half, I think, was just another sign of uh, – someone who had a huge game. And let me correct myself. He was three of seven from downtown against the Portland Trailblazers, but, but, but a big bounce back for Clay Thompson. Uh, we are still looking to get uh, Gary back. So hopefully we could get him uh, back on the line with us, but Clay Thompson was huge in that second half to help lead the Warriors to a 123 to 105 win over the Portland Trailblazers. All right, so this is what Warriors PR put out earlier today. This is the release. It came a little bit after noon, 
And this is what they had to say. Stephen Curry is making good progress and has recently increased his on-court workload to include scrimmaging. Curry's return to play will be based off his continued progress and response to full practice and scrimmages after missing, missing nearly a month of game action. His injury happened to, to his lower left leg February 4th against Dallas. And it does sound like we do have Gary St. Jean back with us. And, and Gary, the we don't know when Steph's going to come back, but the way I read this is it's not reevaluated in another week, not reevaluated in the next days. It sounds like he's close to returning. Well, the fact that, um, that he scrimmaged, I, I think, is huge. And, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, for example, had two weeks that he'd been working out down there in Phoenix, and they were very cautious with him. And he's feeling great. And I think the Warriors are going to have the same game plan. They're not going to rush. They're going to let him feel uh, just 100% confident. They're also going to sit back and have a conversation with him, talk to the uh, all their doctors, and exhibit caution because uh, – you want him for this stretch run, and that's big. And uh, it, it just kind of sounds like he's enthusiastic. And everybody gives the scouting report on him. When he starts getting kind of bubbly, that means he's feeling really good and he's excited to come back. So I think this is a great sign for the team. It, it really is a good sign. And, look, they could obviously want Stephen Curry back a, as soon as possible, as soon as he is – healthy and available to play. But this, this I, I believe, was a, a pretty good update for Golden State to get. Well, that wasn't the only big thing uh, that, that came out today. Also, March 1st is the buyout deadline. It, it was yeah. today for adding a guy and him being playoff eligible. Well, that has not happened for Golden State. They don't add the buyout guy. I know there were fans that have been demanding the Warriors add someone, <laughs> particularly a big but that has not come to be. And Gary, I know last week you, you said that there weren't a lot of names that really jumped out to you in the buyout market. Now that it has come to pass, it, March 1st has come and gone, and the Warriors have – there was no official signing of a guy from the buyout market. Uh, your thoughts? Well, Kev, you remember where you and I went to lunch here in Danville at Laconda Ravello. So I just yeah. went for pizza with my, with my grand four-year-old grandson, William, and uh, my family, and we came to the conclusion that we'd pass on the advice to pass on all of these buyout guys. Uh, I think you've got something in Lamb, and we came to that decision after having a, a wonder, mar wonderful margarita pizza, and William wanted me to share with you guys that uh, the Warriors are making the right move. Okay, oh, I'm glad William uh, was able to get his input there, and I'm glad that he thinks the Warriors are making the right move. And look, here here's the thing with adding a, a buyout guy. A locker room, as you all know, Gary, it could be a tricky ecosystem. You got to make sure that any outside guy you, you bring in in the middle of a season, especially, would be a good fit for the team on and off the court. And if the Warriors felt like they have a pretty good locker room right now, it, that's not necessarily something you really want to disturb. Even though, look, 32 and 30 fans aren't happy with the record, but if you don't see someone who is going to make just a monster change and and, and you don't want to upset that locker room ecosystem, it would be tough to bring someone in. 
Well, it, it really would be. And it's a unique uh, offensive system that they play within. And uh, not everybody can play with it. And so with that said, you know, we're going to debate Lamb. And, you know, you've got the three smaller guys up in the front line up there. And you're saying, gosh, we don't have enough size and all this kind of thing. Well, you bring in size and they can't even jump over a telephone booth, a telephone uh, book because they're 35 years old and they're on the back end of their careers. That doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, so I, I think that the Warriors were prudent in their decision making. And uh, for me, uh, I, I'm feeling good about what they got. I, I've been really impressed with Lamb, you know, as, as a fourth or fifth big. And nobody wants to play. Kev, you and I are going to talk about this. I wouldn't want to play them when they're cooking. When they're no. feeling good about themselves and they're healthy, as we go down this stretch run, let me tell you what. Coaches and players in the league, they respect the Warriors. And and just give them a chance to get healthy, and uh, you're going to forget about this buyout stuff. Yeah, so so that kind of begs the question, and you, you more or less gave your answer there, Gary, but who do the Warriors sign to the full roster deal? You got your two two-way guys. You could convert one of them, Ty Jerome and Anth- or Anthony Lamb. Now, Anthony Slater in an article for the Athletic earlier this week mentioned that as a, with a team that has 14 roster spots, that, that, that has 14 guys on the full roster, the two-way guys can only suit up for a combined 90 games, even if their personal limit is 50. But if you sign a guy to a 10-day contract, and again, nothing has become official yet. We, we know the news that is out there, but we can't comment on anything that has not been put out by Golden State. But if Golden State were to add a 15th guy... Uh, to that full roster deal, then that two-way limit goes back up to the combined 100. So if the Warriors were to take that route of action, they would have just a few more games left to really make this decision because Ty Jerome has played 40 games. He's been active for 43, and Anthony Lamb is at 47. So, look, it's starting to get down to crunch time to, is it Ty? Is it Anthony? And, and this decision's going to be made sooner rather than later. Yeah, and you know what? With Steph coming back and, and eventually Peyton coming in there, I think, uh, I have nothing but praise for Jerome. I, I, I think, uh, if anything, he's auditioned for a spot with the Warriors in the future or uh, you know possibly another team. But I think you're going in the direction of a big and... Uh, you know, Lamb's done a heck of a job up there. He's undersized, but, you know, you can't teach feel. He's got a feel for the game. Uh, you know, watching him last night, he's utilizing the rim as his ally. He goes underneath the rim for a reverse layup, uh, negating the shot blocker. He just understands how to play. And for such a young guy, uh, he's never in a rush. He, he really uh, reads the play in front of him and, and takes what's given He's a good three-point shooter, and when they come flying out at him, he has the ability to put the ball on the floor. Uh, so a heck of a job. And, you know, Kev, that's the responsibility of a front office. To kn- just what you explained, you need to know all those rules and uh, because that gives them a little mo- bit more time and a little bit more flexibility. So, uh, you know, maybe they'll sign a guy to attend day. Yeah, we shall see 
if uh, that does officially happen in the near future. But with respect to Anthony Lamb, one thing that Steve Kerr mentioned recently was that what he really likes about Lamb is his help in rotating de- help in rotation defense and making the right rotation defensively. He said he's one of the best team, one of the best on the team at doing that. And I think that's what made him, you know, be successful in his 28 minutes last night as part of that box and one, right? You have to make a lot of rotations. If you're not the one guy face guarding Damian Lillard, essentially, you're going to have to make some reads out there, be on a string with those other three who are part of the box. And look, there was a great possession in the fourth quarter. It's a nine point game, 97, 88. They tried it. I think they tried like a box entry to Jeremy Grant and Anthony Lamb's all over it. He gets a steal and Golden State's off the other way. Well, you know, those bottom guys, you have to understand the scouting report. So if you've got a guy, for example, with Portland, uh, who can really knock down threes, and Grant's pretty darn good at it, you've got to get out there early and understand the guy weak side or the help side is going to rotate over as you go out. But if you see that a non-shooter slides down to the corner, this is, this is reading the play, and you stay in tight with the box and you make somebody else beat you, and if that guy, the non-shooter, wants to shoot, that's playing into the Warriors' hands. So high basketball IQ, and as you noted, an ability to rotate uh, as needed in a quick fashion. You don't find that in many guys on a two-way contract, maybe because uh, he played for the Catamounts for four years up there in Vermont. Uh, Our people out here don't know who the Catamounts are. But uh, Vermont has had a heck of a program up there, and uh, they've done a lot of winning. And this guy's, uh, you know, a, a product of that. This guy's a smart player. I believe it was the 2005 NCAA tournament where, as a 13 seed, they upset Jim Beheim's fourth seeded Syracuse go. Orange. Get to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Go Catamounts there, repping the <laughs> America East. But, yeah, so uh, Anthony Lamb has really done a nice job positionally on defense. He might not be the best, like, point of attack defender, best overall sure. defensive player. We're not saying he's Draymond Green, but, like, within a team defensive concept, he certainly ha- has filled his role well. And, and to go back to Ty Jerome, because I am in agreement with you, Gary, in that I, I do think probably Anthony Lamb is going to be the guy who gets the spot just because – Stephen Curry's coming back, and as you mentioned, if if GP2 gets into the fold at any point, Ty Jerome becomes less of a necessity. But when he's been out there for Golden State, I think he's more than proven himself to be kind of like a a two-and-a-half-string backup point guard, like better than a third-string point guard and and could like be like a, a true backup point guard for a team when you need him to be. I mean, last night was a perfect example, right? Six assists, no turnovers. Over his last handful of games, 47 assists to eight turnovers. He's been hovering around 40% from beyond the arc this year. He's making shots. He also knows how to get into the teeth of the defense and really was one of the better, more controlled dribble penetrators on this team when Stephen Curry's not in the lineup or or Jordan Poole has been a little, when Jordan Poole is, is a little erratic from time to time. And look, Look, he, I, he has provided much, much needed minutes, especially with Stephen Curry out, and I really can't say enough good things about Ty Jerome. Well, Kev, you, you gave us the Skyrim report on him uh, in the fall, and uh, it's held true. This guy's a real cerebral player. Even though he's not the fastest guy on the floor, 
Uh, he stays under control and he gets to spots where he needs to and he makes good decisions. I like his floater in the paint and I really like the fact that he, he just, he's composed out there. So as a coach, you put him in and you're saying, well, maybe I'm not going to get uh, two steals and a dunk, but I'm going to get a guy who keeps us steady, that we're going to play at a good level and uh, maybe we even increase the margin. So uh, you're right on. He, that guy there, when you look at him, you say, oh gosh, you know, I don't know if he's quick enough and fast enough and, but boy, he, he's smart and, and don't underestimate intelligence in the NBA game. It's, it's a really big factor. So, uh, whatever happens with him, he should hold his head high and he's put himself in a, a very good position for the future within the league. Yeah, I think he will certainly be in the NBA at, at some level next season. I, I think that's for sure. And, and, hey, maybe the Warriors do sign him to that full roster spot. I also wanted to touch on this, Gary. Steve Purr was uh, Steve Purr. Steve Kerr pulled Jordan Poole aside for a chat at practice mm. on Monday. Uh, to, you know, it looked from the outside and people reporting on it, and we there were stories written in, in the Merck. Uh, the the Chronicle, NBC Sports, Bay Area, all kind of talking about this chat because Jordan Poole hasn't played the most efficient basketball as of late. Post-All-Star game, including last night, 23 of 70 from the field. That's below uh, a third of his shots that he's made. He's 8 of 33 from downtown, was 3 of 10 last night. Um, and, and, you know, the what people were surmising the chat was is about, you know, just – from what Steve Kerr told the media is that, look, he's trying a little too hard right now. He wants it so bad. He he so badly wants to fill in for Stephen Curry when he's out there that sometimes the game just speeds up for him. And last night, I thought we saw a much better pull. It wasn't super efficient, 10 to 24. That's 42%. He's 3 to 10 from downtown. And he had some wild shots, like the one-on-five 28-foot <laughs> pull-up three had me pulling my hair out, like the exact opposite of a good shot in that situation. And he turned it over four times for his second straight game, but he scored 29 points. He was a part of the, the brigade in attacking the rack that when Portland has one true big on their team that's healthy right now with Eubanks and, and Yusuf Nurkic being out, and Eubanks is the only guy they have to man in the middle, who I think is a decent player, uh, they had to attack, and Jordan Poole was one of the guys who was consistently getting to the rim, and he was a plus 25, which was second best on the team. Well, I was going to text the 408 area code and uh, ask you how you liked that 30-footer on a one-on-five break. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't want to disrupt your evening. i I, I got to <laughs> tell you, um, there are times as a coach you got to just bow your head. Sometimes you got to look away. And then there's other times you got to embrace, you got to hug, you got to cajole your players. And, and that's a feel that you have. And for me, I think Steve is terrific at that because he's been around so much winning and he understands the, the ebb and flow of what's going on with the team as well as individuals. I've said all along that I think this guy, I don't, I, I don't want to put all the weight on him, but you've won, and I, I would give him a B minus or whatever. I, he's, play, he's just trying to play too fast. Uh, I'd rather have a player that changes gears 
out there that, uh, uh, you know, just reads the situation. A lot of times he predetermines what he's going to do. Um, yeah. No fault with his effort. Uh, and, and you know, one of the coolest things last night, I'll say this, and I, I think it's a, a big plus. We've all talked about since training camp, you know, uh, Draymond, Cole cocking him. And, uh, but last night, uh, you know, I, I, I saw once, maybe twice, him, him dapping him, him hugging him, him embracing him, and said, that's, that's the way to do it. So, you know, that, that's what you need with a team. And uh, if he just, if, if smart people listen, and if this young guy will listen to Steph Curry, and he'll listen to Andre, and he'll listen to Draymond and, and Clay, and then he's got a heck of a coaching staff to listen to, this guy has a chance to be a heck of a player. Uh, and we have to keep in mind that he's still young. And his shot selection is very suspect sometimes. But, uh, you know, like that, that turnover when he took the ball out of bounds and threw it to Clay right in front of their bench. Of course, I'm sitting here on the couch and I'm saying, what the heck are you looking at? <laughs> and there's these plays during the game that just, you kind of shake your head, but you have to have the ability to get past those and keep on moving yes. forward play by play. I'm curious, Gary. He's 23 years old right now, Jordan Poole. At what point does, like, can, can you say that, all right, you, you should, we should expect him to be able to figure out when to like play at the cha- you know, change of pace that you'd like to see him at, where it's not just full throttle every single possession. Like at, at what point in a player's career, who who you know a guy who who has the ball in his hands a lot like Jordan Poole, when does that next step typically come for a guy like that? Well, in years past, because guys stayed in college for a few more years and their careers didn't last past um, what thirty three or whatever. We used to say years four through seven were the optimum years. So he's getting there, and I think the game will slow down for him. Let's hope it does as we go down the stretch run here and get ready for the playoffs. And obviously next season. He, uh, but, but keep in mind now, you know, you're, you're, we're looking at him, and then you're look, watching Steph Curry play. And that's a guy with instincts that, probably 20 guys in the league have had. I mean, his feel for the game is, is just amazing. So I don't want yeah. to compare him to Steph, but there's a lot of other guards that are, that are in his category. And it takes time to develop. You know, we don't have any bigs. We used to say it takes longer for a big guy than it does for a small. And yeah. uh, so with that said, it's coming. Uh, and I, I, I'm feeling positive about him. But I'm just looking for some of these brain freezes to disappear. Well, come to Warriors Ground on Friday, March 3rd, to see the Dubs take on the New Orleans Pelicans, presented by NBC Sports. Get your tickets now at Warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Western Conference and how jumbled up it is and the good mm-hmm. news that that is kind of... Uh, 
been on Golden State's side these last three games and how they have jumped up significantly in the standings. And we'll take a look at the rest of the, the, this upcoming homestand and who's on tap for Golden State here on the other side of this break on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Let's take a look at the upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. The Warriors back in action tomorrow night against the L.A. Clippers, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time on 95.7 The Game. It is Women's Empowerment Month tip-off presented by Rakuten. And then Tim Roy and Tom Tober will be back on the call the following night, back end of the penultimate back-to-back of the regular season against the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelipels coming to town for a 6.30 on air, 7 p.m. tip presented by NBC Sports. Then the Warriors go on the road for three games starting Sunday in in Los Angeles against the Lakers, 12.30 on the uh, 12.30 tip time, 12 p.m. on the air. That'll be Tim and Jim, Jim Barnett, joining Tim Roy for all road games this year. Then Tuesday in Oklahoma City, 4.30 airtime, 5 p.m. tip time. And the road trip concludes in Memphis against a, a team that the Warriors are 2-0 against. You know the Grizzlies will be amped up for that one. 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time with Tim and Jim here on 95.7 The Game. And that is a lot of games against Western Conference teams in playoff contention, Gary. And the Warriors, with their three-game win streak, have moved up from 10th to 5th in the Western Conference. And things, I think, are really generally trending pretty well for Golden State to secure at the very least, home court in the play-in, which obviously you want to get out of the top, out of out of seven and eight. You want to be top six. You, hey, fifth would be great. Fourth would be even better. But look, with all due respect to, to Greg St. Jean's Dallas Mavericks, Gary, the, they haven't figured it out with Luka and Kyrie. They took another bad loss last night to the Indiana Pacers. They blew a 27-point lead to the Lakers, who, by the way, don't have LeBron for weeks. And Anthony Davis is not playing tonight. Uh, Mo Bamba getting the start for him now. They're up four in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma City, who doesn't have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And the Pelicans are in a free-fall mode. And who knows when Zion Williamson is going to return. So all those teams who are below Golden State right now, uh, a lot of them I don't think are in a position to push past Golden State. So I think the Warriors are looking good for at least seven or eight right now. But obviously, you want to get into the top six. Well, Kev, you know the devious mind that I have. So <laughs> I'm looking at Denver and Memphis, and I'm leaving them there. Sacramento's done their work. I'm leaving them at three. Phoenix is going to keep on climbing, but that's four games that at to catch Sacramento. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, the Clippers are the team that uh, one NBA executive today said, I'm glad Westbrook's there because now yes. I think they're very beatable. So I'm going to leave, and this is how crazy I am, let Phoenix and, and Clippers be 4-5. Because now if you're 6, I've been waiting for this since 1989. Yeah. I've been waiting for the Warriors to play the when Sacramento I, I, Kings. Hold on, hold on. Papa's going to come see you in a minute, okay? I'm going to be in, in your room waiting for you. Okay. All right. William wants me to come and read him a story. I'll be All there right, in a nice. minute. 
But my point is, they've never been good at the same time, Kev. And yeah. this might be the year. You made a great point again. That, again, Greg's not listening down there in Dallas. Uh, these games they've lost, uh, it just uh, it's driving me a little crazy. I think, as you noted, Utah, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Portland, I don't see an upward arrow uh, for any one of those four. And the Lakers, indicative of where they're going, Davis didn't play tonight. So those five teams, 8 through 12, I'm, I'm just kind of saying that's who you are. You battle it out for 8, 9, and 10. And I see Dallas probably finishing 7. Uh, now, again, Warrior Sacramento, holy moly, would that be fantastic. That, that would be unbelievable. And the Warriors may climb higher. Who knows? But I'm feeling a lot better like everybody else in the Bay Area, uh, than last week. I was listening to Dibs this morning, and he said, what a difference 48 hours makes. Yep, exactly right. A lot has changed. They've gone up five spots in the Western Conference. And look, I mean, the, the, back to the Clippers. They're 0-3 since adding Russell Westbrook. Now they've faced some <laughs> tough teams. At Denver's not not an easy game. They, they took yeah. them to overtime. They had that wild game against Sacramento. But this is one of the wildest stats in, in, in the NBA, that since the Kings have moved to Sacramento, the yeah. Warriors and the Kings haven't made the playoffs yeah. in the same year. That exactly. is just... It's it's unreal, Gary, considering how much success the Kings had in the early 2000s and the success that the Warriors have had since. Well, I, I've been a part of a lot of that. And, uh, you know, we were the first team to ever make the playoffs in Sacramento. And uh, I was up there to watch the two games against Dallas. And uh, they've got an energy in that town. There's no other pro sport. that it, Things are just jumping up there. And Mike Brown, our old pal, has done an unbelievable job. Harrison Barnes is the elder statesman, kind of like an Andre Iguodala in the locker room. And uh, they've just had a heck of a heck of a year. And I think they're going to finish it out in good form as long as Fox's wrist is not too bad. You know, I, I watched Halliburton just cut up Dallas last night. And then you watch Sabonis, the way he's playing, that's you don't see that often where you make a trade and both guys are all stars and you're yep. both happy with the deal. It's that's an amazing happening. Yeah, no, it was a great trade for both teams. The Kings are 4-0 after the All-Star break with some really impressive wins, and they won in Oklahoma City last night without De'Aaron Fox. So at least in the meantime, uh, things are looking good for Sacramento, and I agree with you, Gary. I don't, I don't think anyone can catch that. It's the first tonight here on Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Coming up after us, Dan Devone and Charlie Walter. They'll have you covered from 7 to 10 p.m. here on 95.7. For Gary St. Jean and Sterling Bennett operating the show behind the scenes, I'm Kevin Dennis saying sayonara. We will talk to you next week here on Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Have a good evening, everyone. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through, one hand three. Up and good! On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That playful and nailed it! 95.7 The Game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.